He's already been dead and it's messed with his head. It's John's post-life crisis. Welcome to John's post-life crisis. I am John Johnston, founder of CornNation.com, your site in Nebraska, Cornhuskers, everything. And the site of especially being excited about this Nebraska baseball season. This episode, I'm talking with Eric Sorensen, the stitchhead a yeah. national baseball writer for D1 Baseball. And, uh, you know, we talked beforehand. You said you haven't done a lot of Zooms. No, no, it, haven't. What? I'm a little bit uh, green when it comes to that. I'm as green as my shirt when it comes to doing Zoom calls. So bear <laughs> with me. <laughs> so, like, you know what? Let's start out, of, uh, let's start out with Nebraska. Then we're going to go through, like, NCAA and then Big Ten, yeah. and then we'll we'll try to finish on a good note with the team we love, Nebraska. Sure, go to great. Uh, you know what? Let's start out with Will Bolt. Mm-hmm. I mean, we we had 15 games of him last year, and it really can't be counted as a first season. So this season is odd, and that we don't have any non-conference games. We'll go to that in a minute, but yeah, we've seen enough of Will Bolt. What do you think of Will Bolt? Uh, how he specifically how he runs his offense compared to like Darren Erstad. Well, I can't get into too many specifics because I haven't seen them play yet, but <laughs> I'll say this, the dudes uh, already made an immediate, an immediate impact. You like where they're at playing good baseball. Um, yeah. It'd be interesting to see how they would have done against some non-conference time competition, you know, going down to, if they would have gone down to Arizona again, or just played some, some other teams from other regions on the road and all that. But it's, it's interesting that, that they're, you know, they lead the big 10 right now. What is it? 15 and uh, 15 and six, actually they lead the big 10. And that says enough right there. I, I know they still have more of the tougher part of the big 10 coming up. They've played Ohio state a couple of times split with them, but you know, they're going to have to prove it a little bit against uh, Michigan, which is the last weekend of the se- uh, series of the, of the season, I should say, and against Ohio state again and against I or Indiana rather. But I just like where it's at, you know, it's, it would have been different if they would have been like, you know, 10 and 10 at this point, I might've said, ah, you know, he's just not warming up to the job yet. We think he's a good coach. Let's see if he can turn it around. But, you know, they're 15 and 6, lead the Big Ten, and that's cool. If you, as long as you have your team in contention, you know, being a, being a big Red fan growing up as a, as a Nebraska fan, as long as they're in contention, I'm, I'm okay with that. And that's kind of that's what he's done. Um, and he's, uh, he's I, I think he's instilled a little bit of confidence in them and maybe even gained a step from the Darren Erstad era. We'll see how that plays out, again, against some of the tougher teams coming up. So, so I didn't answer your question about specifically about offense. I know that, but I, I, I do appreciate their overall effort that they're given and, and the result, overall results so far. It's something you, you really can't shake a stick at. I like that. They, they, they stole home. That's great. Stole, I like that kind of they aggression. They stole home once in a game. They double steal. They bunt. It's, it's insane. Okay, Will, <laughs> Will Bolt. Let's, let's stay focused on Will Bolt. You said yeah. something about him warming up. I know that the national guys love is it Eric Backich at Michigan, right? Michigan. They love him as a coach. And I'll be so so forward it's to say that's one of the reasons why Michigan gets ranked and everybody else is looking there and going, why are they ranked when we're better than them, obviously? But you might be right. You might be right. But 
is it what is Will Bolt's kind of reputation nationally? Is it ter- till, still too ter- good? God, is it still <laughs> too early to tell, or is it, you know, yeah, what do we know? It, it might be a little early to tell, but I think everybody understands. It's kind of like Coach Backish. He came from uh, the Tim Corbin coaching tree, and you know, Will Bolt comes from. Uh, he was a Nebraska player, and he comes. You know, he, he used to be under uh, uh, under. Uh, I almost said I almost said John Sanders. Oh my God! I'm gonna, I need to I need to need a redo on that one. Anyway, he comes from hey, no growling. My dog's <laughs> my dog's growling. Hey, whiskey, no growling. Anyway, but he comes from a good coaching tree. I think he's you know he's and again yeah the jury's still a little bit out on him, but you know uh, the pedigree is there and people respected him. Um, I can't remember the name of the JC that he coached at before slips my mind as well but he you know he's, he's had success on his own as a coach and and got good uh good tutelage along the way uh under Dave Van Horn and and uh and so it's it I think that's why people kind of respect it it's, it's kind of like coach Backish came from a good coaching tree so you kind of give him a little bit of a maybe not a pass but you give him a little bit of a of a head start uh for getting some praise that's kind of the way to put it so when, when you look at uh where we're at with the big 10, they, they, I've seen Kendall Rogers tweet about, you know, is Nebraska going to make the NCAA tourney? Somebody asked him and he said, well, it depends on the RPI. They don't have a non-conference. How can RPI even exist for the big 10? Yeah. Now that's, that's one of the things that's probably, probably going to end up pissing me off when it comes to the day of announcement show. I'm, I'm, I'm hoping they don't put a lot of, I never want them to put much thought into the RPI anyway, because it's a basketball formula and it kind of sucks. But this year, especially if they, if they lean heavily on it, I'm going to be really disappointed in that um, just because it's so hard to get a read on. Yeah. Just, you know, the big 10 playing nothing but conference games, you know, out here, Long Beach state and uh, uh, Cal state Northridge. Those are teams that are playing just conference games only just because of the pandemic type type of thing going on. And, and so that's why they're going to have to do something a little bit. They're going to have to go a little bit off the grid a little bit, you know, you know, be a little bit more, more lenient, a little bit more creative, I think with their NCAA uh, picks this year, or the NCAA tournament picks, but yeah, cause you look, you know, Michigan's a good team. Nebraska appears to be a good team. Ohio state. If you want to look at RPI, Ohio state actually has the best RPI number three, uh, 26, I should, or 25, I should say. So, yeah, it's going to be a weird year, uh, JJ. I, I don't know how it's going to play out exactly. I just know my hope is that they're not going to go stringently on the RPI because that would be a grave mistake to do that this year. you gotta, you got to have uh, you got to have a little leniency this time around. Plus, you always have the Penn State factor. <laughs> yeah, well, <laughs> that's the thing. The thing, I, you know, I'm – I think that's why Nebraska is so low, relatively speaking. Again, I'm going to the sheet here, number 77 in the RPI. Just because, yeah, you got the anchor effect of playing a lot of the weaker teams in the Big Ten. And, you know, Penn State is one of them. And, and I always kind of I, – I, I love Penn State. I, I've, I, I've always wanted to go to a game there. Uh, football and baseball, um, but I, I always wonder myself to myself, God, how are they not that good in baseball year after year? I just, I it still boggles my mind a little that they're not. They, better. Do, they don't bother. 
I mean, at least this year they didn't get to play Elon like 16 times. Or something. Yeah, yeah, that's true. So, yeah, you do have that anchor effect. And, and that's that's one of the things that always bothers me about, you know, like not just the Big Ten, but a lot of the mid-majors. You know, there's so many years where a team like a, like a Creighton will have a really good team and then they'll have one bad weekend in conference in the Big East or Missouri Valley, wherever it was, and it'll just sink their RPI like 30, 40 points, uh, uh, spots. And next thing you know, they're out of contention. So one bad weekend can kill you. That's the one thing I think Nebraska needs to avoid is, you know, don't go to Penn State and lose two out of three or lose three, especially, or don't play, you know, Michigan State, don't don't lose three. So that's kind right. of the, the, the biggest thing. So why do you think the Big Ten went with conference only? Because they did it for the rest of their sports and they didn't want to adjust. It was just easy. They don't care. I mean, the Big <laughs> Ten has seemed to make – so many strides in the last few years. I mean, they've, they've, the schools, not the conference, have, have focused on hiring better coaches, getting better facilities, yeah. getting into the College World Series. Yeah. And now you have this. I mean, do you think the Big Ten gave, even gave it a second thought or? I don't guess they did. I mean, they just, you know, that's, that's just kind of the world we live in right now. Maybe at the time, um, you know, things might be a little bit better now with the, you know, the whole vaccine thing getting a bit more and more, more and more out there. By the way, I got vaccinated the other day, so I'm good to go again. So I'm have a. I hope you have. By the way, JJ, you have right. Good. Oh, yeah, good. I, a long time but, ago. Actually. Okay, good. Uh, yeah, but the thing is, you know, at the time, maybe it was just a little bit, you know, a little bit more stringent, and so they just made that decision. And you know, we're still talking about a conference that almost didn't even play football this year, this past year. So, yeah, that's kind of the. I think that's just the nature of the beast. And I think that's also why the NCAA, the NCAA selection committee has got to look at that and say, well, you know, it's a different kind of year this year with uh, with the way teams are, you know, with the way the scheduling is gone and not as much travel and all that stuff. So I'm not going to harsh the Big Ten for not playing non-conference games. I think it's a little bit weird because, you know, Nebraska can go and play Rutgers out in, uh, you know, East Brunswick, New Jersey, but they can't play Creighton or, or Omaha, you know, so <laughs> – that's a little weird. You know, I, I understand it. I understand that they kind of did it for a quote unquote safety reasons. Um, but, you know, I think things are getting better now. So I think in hindsight, they might have they might have done things a little bit differently. Had this had had they decided now what was going to happen? I think that's just it. OK, does, when they do the selection, do they have like regional committee type stuff going on? Yeah. Yeah, they have guys. Uh, apparently, how it works is they have people around the country. Uh, I can't remember the name they gave it, but they have little representatives everywhere. You know, for every conference and for for every uh, section of the country that kind of report into the what is it, twelve member committee. So they do have those kind of resources out there. So not any nobody really gets overlooked. I don't think. So, have you heard much about the structure of the NCAA tournament? No, no. All I know is that, well, they did have the announcement the other day that they're having predetermined regionals and super regionals, which is, I guess it's going to be, the bids have already had to be put in. What's today? The 14th. So the 12th, on April 12th, was when the bids had to be put in to host a regional. And the announcement's going to be like May 10th. So this year, it's going to be weird. So like if a team, uh, like let's let's say, well, let's just, you know, Nebraska, let's say all right, they don't get a they don't get a regional host bid uh, awarded to them. But in the month of May, when their best when the best teams they're going to play this year they're, are going to be in May. You know, if they get on a real streak and they just go unbeaten, you know, 
15 and 0 in the month of May and their RPI gets somewhere in the top 16, they still can't host because, you know, they, they were predetermined where the host sites will be. So they could be a number one seed, you know, hosting out of, you know, Austin, Texas or something like that. It's just, yeah, it's just going to be a little bit weird, but I think the NCAA kind of did that because uh, for baseball, because they did it for basketball or for uh, I'm sorry, for like volleyball and and sports like that to where they put everybody in these predetermined spots. So you're going to have, a lot of spots in the NCAA tournament, and especially the second week super regionals, where the home team's nowhere to be found. It's going to be a best, you know, two out of three between two teams that are from out of that area. So it's going to be kind of interesting. Um, almost, it's almost going to be a little bit like having neutral sites in a way, especially for the super regionals, where I think a lot of t- the home teams will get knocked out before that. Do you, would you like them to do this like this from now on, yeah. or do you like the idea that? Yeah, I, I kind of like the idea. I, I love the idea of neutral sites, like, you know, in basketball. I always thought it was weird. I mean, especially in the 90s, it got a little ridiculous where LSU would host every year, even if they didn't have their best team. But for some reason, they had, you know, the home field advantage was so big and is so big in baseball so that they could have that advantage. And I understand having a home field advantage for, for the best teams out there, but I still want it to be like basketball where, you, you, if it was enough fan fan interest to have these right. regional sites that are that are you know not not on campuses, I'd like that better in in the long run. It might actually increase the sport. Gee, oh yeah, yeah. I shocking mean, for somebody yeah. besides just the SEC. Yeah, it certainly would. Well, remember actually, JJ, in the early part of the '64 team era. They put a lot of regionals in places there. One of their one of their goals was to kind of spread the sport a little bit. So that's why, you know, Minnesota hosted a regional for the first time in a long time, like in what was it, 2000 or 2001? I can't remember exactly when it was, but you had these places kind of far flung places that started hosting regionals. Um, you know, like in New Jersey, Rutgers had a really good team and they ended up hosting a regional out there. And so it was kind of cool that they gave and they gave regionals to number two seeds instead of one not every not very often but every once in a while and I thought that was kind of cool but you know that it might be a little bit more like that this time around well you mentioned Minnesota so let's get into the Big Ten yeah I you know and let's start with not Nebraska let's start with Minnesota Minnesota is well they're god-awful they're (laughs) just terrible they they can't generate an offense their pitching is substandard they make yep. a lot of mistakes this almost it's it this is not a john anderson coach team no it's, it's really it, it, it's weird because uh he even said after one of the games i was reading their release after one of the games and one of his quotes he said was and this is like maybe a week or two ago and he said you know this this whole year off that we had, I didn't know how much it would affect player development, but it's affected our player development way more than I thought it would. So whatever they've done, it, yeah, it's just been a rough year for them. Um, you, you, Minnesota, this one thing about John Anderson um, that I'll give him credit, he's always had really good teams for a team that's, you know, way up in the North, kind of isolated. There's not a lot of non-conference teams to play around there. They're kind of, you know, kind of geographically isolated a little bit. And they've always had pretty good teams and sometimes really good teams. I, I might have mentioned to you before when I've talked with you that that 2019 or no, 2018 team yeah. that hosted a regional and then went to uh, Oregon State for the Super Regional. I went up there to see that regional, uh, Super Regional. 
if they didn't get matched up with Oregon State or maybe Arkansas that year, I think they had a really good chance making the College World Series. But Oregon State was just too hot and they beat them. But that was such a good team. I was really bummed that they couldn't make it that year. But anyway, I'm going a little bit down a rabbit trail. But I really love John Anderson. I've always liked how he's gotten his teams together and playing well. And this year, it's just one of those kerplunk years. It, it happens from time to time, but I think it was just partially like what he said, even he kind of underestimated how much the uh, pandemic and, and being, you know, player development for the past year was going to affect his team. The other shock I'd say, again, not Nebraska. Yeah. Rutgers does not suck. <laughs> yeah. Let me see there. Yeah. 11 and nine. This is a team that's, uh, it, yeah, this, it's been a while since Rutgers has been, you know. Not and, sucky. Yeah, not <laughs> sucky or an influence in, in college baseball. But that's encouraging because the last thing you want is to have, you know, the, when they brought in Maryland and Rutgers into the Big Ten, you know, Maryland, okay, they can be all right from time to time. Rutgers, just not really that good very often. I just kind of thought hey, these are kind of two more anchors in a way. Um, but, no, that, that it's good to see them kind of turning it around. Maryland has been pretty decent over the last few years, uh, especially, what was it, in 14 or 15, they went out to UCLA and won the regional out there. But they've got a good shot at being good uh, every year. But Rutgers, is, it's really encouraging to see. The, again, the anchor effect we talked about with the – with the Penn States and the Rutgers and, and those teams. Uh, and, and Iowa kind of used to be that way too. And, and, you know, they've, they've turned things around and had some pretty good teams lately. So it is encouraging. We talked, you, you'd mentioned something about, you know, with, with facilities in the big 10, all getting better, better coaching hires. That makes a, that makes a huge difference. And I think that's a good thing that the big 10 has done over the years. I don't think people understand that, you know, when we look at like football, we go, wow, this conference is really competitive. And sometimes you're like, well, I, maybe if everybody got a little crappier, but in baseball, we really need other teams to step it up to the plate and, and we need them to be good teams and we need them yeah. to play good opponents, you know, because that increases the visibility of the conference and it increases our chances of getting to the NCAA tournament. Oh yeah. I, and, and it's good that, the Big Ten is considered it. It's kind of weird that now the Big Ten is. I always considered it kind of a mid-major conference in baseball, especially um, none of the other sports, but baseball they were kind of a mid-major, and now they're considered a Power Five conference because that's what we gave that name to the football, you know, to football conferences. So it's kind of neat that the Big Ten is, without really doing anything, kind of elevated itself to a Power Five, and but they are starting to play like it over the last few years. And that's, that's always uh, been one of the things I was encouraged about. Cause again, we've talked about this eons ago, but I was concerned when Nebraska went from the big eight or big eight, the big 12 uh, to the big 10, I was concerned about what would happen with the baseball program, but great to see teams most, for the most part, everybody getting better and, you know, just facilities and coaching getting better in the big 10. I dig that. What we're going to stay with the big 10. What is wrong with Purdue? Oh, I mean, man. Who, who was the coach that I remember? I'm, I'm not Schreiber, that great. Coach Schreiber right. was there before, yeah. yeah. And he yeah. was the guy who advocated strengthening the schedule strength. And now Purdue is stuck with this tougher schedule they've been playing, but they just yeah. have not, they're not good. Yeah, it's what was it, 2012, I guess it was, when they hosted a regional. Yeah, that was yeah. the year Kent State went there and won that regional. 
And I visited, I, I did a cross-country drive in the fall of 2019 um, from here to New York. I was bringing a friend his car. And uh, I stopped through a bunch of stadiums just to look and see. And Purdue was one of the places I went to. And Alexander Field was a great, uh, that place is really immaculate. Their new facility, I just don't think they've warmed up to it yet. They're going to get better. They're going to, it's going to be a good program because they put some money into it. I think that's, I think it's going to lend itself to some success, but just hasn't happened yet. Um, And I think that just kind of happens to a lot of Northern teams. Um, You know, you can be good one or two years and then kind of fall off and they're still kind of stuck in that rut a little bit. They'll get there eventually though. I really love, I really love uh, the potential they have for that program. Illinois is bipolar. Yep. And North, yeah. Northwestern is, they are not terrible, but they are also bashing the ball yeah. all over yeah. the place. I mean, what is it? What is the, the homer count for them? It's. You got uh, uh, 12. No, 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 no. 45. 45 yeah, home runs. Happens, 45 home runs. I, I think I'm going to chalk that one up to the Spencer Allen effect because he's their new coach that they had. Well, I guess last year was his, was last year's first year, I think. And um, former Creighton assistant, a guy that I've always liked. He's a really good, uh, really personable guy, really positive guy. And um, he's got the program on an uptick. You know, Northwestern, if they stay, what's their record now, 11 and 10? Yeah. That's that's good for them right now. I know that Spencer Allen doesn't want to hear that, but for right. them, that's good. And if they keep getting better, you know, all the more to, all the more power to them. That's great. I think he's done a really good job with the Northwestern program. So what do you what do you think about like uh, Maryland? Any ideas on Maryland? And then we'll bring uh, back to Nebraska. Yeah, I mean it's it's good that Nebraska took two out of three. Like we said a little while ago, the one thing you don't want to do is go one and two or zero oh and three against some of these teams that don't have very good RPIs. So that's a good thing. Maryland, it's that it's such a weird thing to have them in the Big Ten. I I know it's been a few years now, and I should get over it, but it just seems weird. <laughs> Especially in basketball, you see that Maryland's not playing North Carolina and North Carolina State and Wake Forest anymore. So it's weird to still see them in in football and in special and especially in baseball. But they've proven that they can be a good program, and that's you know that's good for the Big Ten if they can stay relevant, and stay good, and and you know not as as you just mentioned a little while ago, not be one of these teams like ah we're going to go into this you know to their stadium and it's going to be an anchor effect. It's going to kill our RPI. So. More power to them. I, I, I know they're scuffling a little bit now, 10 and 12 as we speak, but this is a team that this is a program that has the potential to, to kind of lift, you know, lift the big 10, you know, lift all the, the high, the high tide lifts all boats type of thing. Okay. Wisconsin. I, I'm going to bring them up just as I excuse to make fun of them for not having a baseball program. Yeah. Have you ever heard anything that they're going to re- resurrect that? No, the only thing I've heard is that, um, uh, that oh, who's the AD that just retired or is now Barry just, Alvarez. Barry Alvarez. Yeah. Barry Alvarez, former Husker player. I should have known the name right off the top of my head. Barry <laughs> Alvarez retiring. Uh, I think it was Kendall that wrote, well, if they're ever going to get baseball, this is a good first step for him to be out of the picture. I, I, I don't know anything about him being a, a, you know, ardently against baseball or anything like that. But the one thing I always think about though, John is it, it is, in the summertime, when they have the uh, the northwest uh, or the northern the what is it the Northland is it northern Northland uh, League Northwoods Northwoods League sorry 
get this okay. brain going. The Northwoods League in the summertime is a, you know, it's like, it's kind of like a Cape Cod League or, you know, they, one of those summer leagues for college players to go and play at. And I always hear about these teams in Wisconsin getting like three or 4,000 fans to their games on a Saturday. It's like they have such great support. So that always tells me Wisconsin could do it. Wisconsin could bring baseball in as a sport. And, you know, if they're good enough and build it up right, they could have a good following. So, yeah, that's always kind of been one of the things I wish they would reverse course on. I don't think they ever will. I don't, who knows, but that's one thing that, that does tell you that it could get a, a good support. And, and just a lot of these big other big 10 teams have kind of proven you can get good support in the big 10. If you put the right facilities in the right coach and get some wins under your belt. So we'll see if that ever happens, though. Okay, back to Nebraska. Yeah. You said you haven't seen him. Haven't seen him. Give me some impressions of players. Who stands out? I think we we know some names, but I want your impressions of who's playing, you know, who's the offensive guys, who's the fielding guys, who's the pitching guys. Uh, Well, my favorite is, is Spencer Schwellenbach. You got to yeah. start with him because he's he's the John Olerud candidate. Uh, that's the be- that's the award given for the best two way player. Uh, three thirty three, couple of home runs, but this is the first year that they have actually had him pitching. He's actually been a relief pitcher, and I'm sure you guys know, but it's just kind of cool that a guy that never had a chance to pitch, he was good in high school apparently, but like because of some injuries or stuff like that, they didn't let him pitch. This is the first year they've let him pitch. And right now his ERA is 0.00. It's like Blutarski's grade point average. So, and that's after being in seven games, uh, he's got four saves. And, and of course, again, hitting 333 and a lot of, you know, three or four home runs. This is a kind, the kind of guy that's just, He's so talented, and he's such an exciting player to watch, such an exciting guy to have on the team, very valuable for Will Bolt. Uh, he could win. He could be a, a, a finalist for the, for the John Olerud Award. So, and he's just one of those bell cows that you kind of build your team around, and he's done a great job this year. That's the guy that I think, you know, straw that stirs the drink is the best part about Nebraska baseball. Um, otherwise, pitching-wise, I think Nebraska's done really well, and – and the thing I like, too, I think, actually, it might be the best in the Big Ten. 60, 67 walks on the year is all they've given up so far. And, and you do something like that, that's, that's a team indicative of a team that just doesn't beat itself. 983's fielding percentage. Those are the things that you, you just got to love about Big Red Baseball this year because one thing I'll give Will Belt credit for is his teams haven't beaten themselves you know, you pitch good and, and you don't have to be great pitching. I mean, their ERA is only 4.28. So that's not lighting the world on fire, but low walks, good defense. You're going to be in just about every game. And that's what I love about, about this year's team uh, so far. Anybody else? Yes. Well, okay. That's right. You're asking for specifics. The, yeah. the, the, the starting pitching has been really good. Uh, Shea Swanman is uh, – Shannon, sorry uh, – is uh, him and Chance Hirsch. Is that what I mean? Yeah. Roach. 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 Yeah, sorry. Chance Roach. I'm having trouble reading this. Those two guys, again, low, not the greatest ERAs. Don't beat themselves with, with walks. Uh, that's – and, again, that, that's going to win you a lot of games right there. The, the uh, opposing batting average, 210 for uh, – I'm sorry. Oh, no. Yeah, 210 
and well, 315 for Roach, but those are the guys. So again, the, you, you pitch that well, strong arms, guys with low 90s heat. You pitch that well, you're gonna and, and without a lot of walks, you're gonna win a lot of games or keep your team in the games. So that's kind of the thing I love about those guys. Uh, best player on the team, other than Schwellenbach, Jason Hallmark, 378 average. You gotta love that. Again, these guys, Nebraska's got a got a pretty good home run amount, amount 32 on the year. Um, led by was uh, Cam Chick, greatest name, one of the greatest names in college baseball, <laughs> six home runs. So they've got some pop to them. Uh, their team average 292 is not too bad. Yeah, that's they've got the makings of, of a good season going on. And, and let, oh, that's what I was getting at is Hallmark hitting 370, leading the team, and 10 of 13 in, in stolen bases. They don't steal a lot of bases. They don't have a ton of speed. But, you know, you have a guy like that at the top of your order that's going to set the table. That's a great that's a great weapon to have. Okay, so I'm going to make you do predictions. Good. I'm with you. Okay. All right. So we're going to go into May. And I think the last series of our – I haven't looked. I should have looked. The last series we play is against Michigan. It's Michigan. That's right. I yeah. think so, yeah. Yeah. And uh, could, do you – number one. Do you think the Big Ten will get two teams in the NCAA or more or yeah. less? I think they'll get because, well, the first thing is you have Ohio State leading the Big Tens as far as in RPI, not not in conference. And their RPI right now is, as, as we mentioned, number 25. If they can stay there, I'm not certain that they will because, you know, you're going to have this anchor effect a little bit. But if they can stay in the top 40, that's one team in, and they don't have to win the conference. Whoever wins the conference, if it is Nebraska, if it is Michigan, um, you kind of hope it's not going to be Ohio State because that'll be the key to getting two teams in. As far as if it ended right now, you'd have Ohio State, and if the season's ended now, you'd have Nebraska because they lead the Big Ten. But I think they'll get more than one team in just because, again, you got to figure the Big Ten's going to going to get some they're going to get some rope to play with from from the NCAA selection committee. So. I'm going to look at two, maybe even three. It depends on how Nebraska and Michigan end up. Remember, though, Nebraska has to play Ohio State again for two more games, and they still have Indiana for four, and then Michigan for three going, you know, going in the month of May. So all those games, the month of May is going to be really huge for the Big Red. Um, so what they've done up to now is nice, but you know, it's it's kind of child's play to what they're going to face coming up in the month of May. So. I'm going to, it would love, I would love to see Nebraska stay at the top of the Big Ten. I'm not <laughs> sure they will, but them and Michigan both playing pretty good ball. If they don't just have one really crap out weekend, I, I can foresee them both getting into the NCAA tournament, kind of regardless of the RPI. Um, and then with the RPI, if Ohio State's still there, that would be good. But the bad, the bad news is, though, John, going into the month of May, it looks like, Nebraska, Michigan, Ohio State, Indiana, that might be the only four teams that really have a chance at this, unless somebody goes on a real hot streak. But more than likely, those are the only teams that have a shot at it. So it, it depends on how many of those will get in. I think there'll be at least two. I'd love for them to be three. Um, but we'll see how that plays out. But as long as the Big Red stays in first place, I'm all right with it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Michigan, how do, what, give me a prediction on what Nebraska does in May. Just so we can um, hold it against you later. Yo, I, I would love that. And I and I love when I'm wrong and I get hate mail. That's the best, that's the best part. <laughs> uh yeah. So look, I think they're good enough. I I'm gonna make the prediction that they're gonna play well enough to stick around and, and contend for the title. Again, that last weekend, that the one thing that Big Ten did right 
this year, I guess it looks like is to schedule Nebraska, Michigan on the last weekend. Cause there is no NCAA or I read, there is no uh, big 10 tournament this year. So that's kind of been taken away. So I'm going to make the prediction that Nebraska and Michigan come down to the last weekend and the best two out of three. I'm going to, yeah, I mean, I have to be a little bit of a homer here and I'll say Nebraska wins it two out of three against Michigan. Um, I think they'll win the third game. It'll come down to the third game and they'll win on a wild pitch. <laughs> There's your prediction. I guess right down to it. Yep. And then again, tell you, you, do you remember the 2018? I think it was the 2018 college series. I stood next to you on the field at, in Omaha and I said, uh, Arkansas is going to win the college series down to the last ball. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. That's right. And okay. Sure do you remember what happened in that game? Yes, I One do. That foul ball that came – I have a perfect photo of that ball coming down between those three guys. And if they oh. catch that fucking ball <laughs> – I usually don't swear to these podcasts. Uh, if they catch that ball, they win a national title. I know. I know. And see, that's the thing. I mean, I think everybody in Omaha would, would have loved to have seen Dave Van Horn yeah. finally get that first title, you know, just, you know, because what he did for Nebraska baseball, putting it on the map. And he, the one thing I thought was interesting is after that game or after, well, after the, the next game when they lost to Oregon State and, and ended up being the runners up instead, he said in the postgame press conference, he goes, well, we'll get back here again and we'll win it one of these years. So he said it so confidently. But here they are. They're ranked number one right now, uh, deservedly so. I saw them play against Louisiana Tech a couple weeks ago in, in Ruston. Um, kind of got mixed messages from the team because it was a tough series that could have gone either way. But uh, but we now discovered that Louisiana Tech is really good, too, because they're up in the rankings, up in the 15, 16 range, I think it is. So, But, yeah, I, I, one of these years, Dave Van Horn's going to win that national title. I think uh, people in, in Nebraska will appreciate that. But I, I don't know if they'll appreciate it as much as you making that bold prediction and coming this close to being right. <laughs> and that freaking close. That's been my life. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Is there anything else we need to cover? Anything else I missed? Let me see. Did we talk about Creighton baseball? No, I don't think we did. No, I'm kidding. We're not going to talk about Creighton baseball here. <laughs> you know, and no, really. I, I do kind of, I, I really miss the series with them because I like oh, yeah. Creighton people crap about it. I mean, they've, they've beat us so much in basketball. We need a sport to get them back in. And yeah, you know, that's baseball true. Baseball is usually, you know, people in Nebraska like that. And the other thing, though, John, that, that is a bummer about non-conference games this year, this will be one more thing we should cover, is that uh, you know, Nebraska's doing great first place. Creighton, after that sweep of Villanova, who for one, whatever reason, they were the number two team in the RPI last week prior to Creighton beating them. And, and Omaha, the Mavericks under Scott Porter, has, has really amped up their program. And they got a new stadium there. Uh, where Exarbon's race racetrack used to be, I can't wait to get up there one of these days and see it. I guess I'll see it when I go to the College World Series, but I, I'd love to see a game there. So all three teams have really amped up their programs. Uh, it seemed like I guess what was it, uh, 2019, uh, when all three teams made the NCAA tournament. So I think this it's really a drag that Nebraska doesn't get a chance to play Omaha or Creighton this year. You're right. It's I, I think that's one of the bigger bummers about the about this year, but if all three teams kind of stay where they are, you know, keep, keep playing well, uh, it'll be good to see them get back on the schedule next year. Okay. One, one prediction. Do you think there's any chance we don't have a college world series this year? 
Now, they're going to have a College World Series because it makes too much money for them. Um, oh, because as you, as you might have heard before, the big college baseball, the, the NCAA tournament, is the second biggest moneymaker for the NCAA behind, you know, March Madness, the basketball tournament. So it makes more money even than the women's basketball tournament. So that's something that they're, they're definitely going to play it out. I, I think it's just going to be kind of we'll wait and see what it's going to look like as far as from the fans' perspective, how much they're going to allow in to the stadium and how much distancing and all that. kind of stuff. That'll be different. They're not going to have 100%, um, even though the vaccine's going to be more and more out there as these months go. But but it's good that that the vaccination thing has gone well, numbers are down, and that we will have an NCAA tournament and we will have a College World Series. It'll just be less capacity. Maybe a third of the stadium will be filled, but you know that we'll get through it. And, and at least one of the things I thought about was like where we were this point a year ago and how depressing it was. Nobody uh, yeah, saw it anymore. I would ride out on my motorcycle to go to some of these baseball parks out here in Southern California and just sit in the stadium just going – what a bummer. We can't watch baseball now, but now we got it back. It's a little bit weird. We have some places with, you know, no fans like here at, when I go to games out here at UCLA and, and at uh, USC and Northridge and Long Beach, no fans there, but we're going to have, we're going to crown a champion eventually. And so we can be thankful for that. I, you know, I, I like listening to Greg Sharp and Ben McLaughlin doing the Nebraska baseball radio pod or podcast broadcast. <laughs> Yeah, uh, and it, one of the things that's really beautiful about it is the Nebraska fans in the background of that thing screaming at the umpires. So <laughs> it's nice to hear that part again, at least. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. They, I guess, what are they letting like fifty percent of the crowd back into games there? I think so, something like that. So it's yeah. been it's been decent. Yeah, uh, so we're getting back to it eventually, and you know everything will be back to normal next year, complete normalcy next year. But you know, again, we'll just get through it. It's good to hear. Yeah, good to hear the fans at games. Uh, and yelling at the umpires or yelling at the coach, whatever the case may be. I dig it, man. All right. Okay. I think we'll end there. Yes. Hey, thanks for sharing this podcast with me, JJ. I appreciate you having me on. And I love that you've paid me so well to be a guest for my guest appearances. <laughs> I think that's the best part of it all. You know, we'll, I'll send you something. If you send me your, your address, I will send you something. Uh, okay. That's it. This is John's Post-Life Crisis with uh, Eric Sorensen, national writer for D1Baseball.com, where you can get the best college baseball coverage in the United States. So you need to go there and support those guys. That's right. Uh, Thanks for listening and go Big Red.